0: On the flow, box froze. Fuck bowl, fuck stole. millions in bad
1: bitch booted, on a bad got no. bank can't head shot, case close, close. What is up, guys? It's Andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the realist say about to the lies, the fakeness and delusions of modern society. And welcome to motherfucking reality. Guys, today we have a special, full-length episode. Uh, before I get into our special guest, I just want to cover the basis of the show. Uh, this is full length. This is what you see uh, on most podcasts. It's a bunch of people having a conversation. That's one of the formats that we have of the show. Other times when you tune in, uh, we're going to have Q&AF. That's where you get to submit questions and I answer them. You can submit those questions too. Guys, email those questions into askandy at com Or... Now that we're on YouTube, we just started on YouTube uploading the full-length episodes. You can drop the questions under the q and A F episodes on YouTube, and we'll pull some from there as well. Other times when you tune in, later on this week, we will have uh, Cruise the Internet. That is our current events show. It's where we take the news of the day. We put some headlines up on the screen. We talk about them. We talk about what may be true, what may not be true, and we make fun of the idiots that believe everything these people say, and uh, we have a good time doing it. That's CTI. Uh, And then other times we have real talk. Real talk is just five to 20 minutes of me giving you a message that I think, uh, you know, I want to share with you guys. So uh, we do things a little bit differently here in the advertising area, too. You'll notice that I don't read ads. I don't take money from people who uh, pay me to talk about the shit that I don't use. Uh, In exchange for not taking up 30 minutes of your podcasting time, running ads about useless shit that you don't want to buy anyway, just ask something really simple. And it's this pay the fee. When I say pay the fee, it means share the show. Our show has remained at the top of the ranks of iTunes and Spotify and all these different places for almost a decade, entirely off value exchange, word of mouth. That's how I like to do it. If we do good, share the show. If we don't do good, don't share the show. Uh, it's a very simple concept. So if you gain something from this show, which I'm very, very confident that you will on this particular show, uh, please share it. And that's, that's the fee. Now, we do have a very special guest on the show. Actually, we've got two special guests. Uh, one of them is not Sal.
2: <laughs> I can make it more awkward. You just sit here in silence. Yeah, one of them's definitely not Sal. Well, I mean, I'm welcome back. That's my welcome this back, Doctor yeah. yeah. yeah, Sal. Yeah, there's Doctor Sal. Stayed in Holiday Inn Express last night. Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready to rock.
1: So we got Sal, but we also have uh, a very, very good friend of ours, Jason McCarthy, who is the founder and CEO of Go Ruck uh you guys might know Goruck. it's the weighted backpack event organization it's been around since 2008 changed hundreds of thousands of people's lives uh very very excited to have you here on the show man
0: how are you i'm good man it's great to be back first form
1: yeah it's great to have you here uh jason's been here a number of times but this is the first time he's been on the show um he likes to tag me in the go ruck videos and tell all of us <laughs> doing 75 hard that we're a bunch of pussies for not using rucks. <laughs> so I figured since I'm starting 75 hard today <laughs> and I committed to Jason, to you guys that for outdoor cardio, I'm going to ruck the entire 75 hard. Um, and I'd like you guys to join me. If you guys don't have a ruck bag, we sell them at first form. Uh, you can order them from Jason they're awesome bags. You put a weight in them and it makes your cardio quite a bit harder. GoRock.com. So, yeah. So that's how the, about that for an So act. that's the show. Huh? Great show, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, um,
2: you
1: know, you, you, dude, you built a tremendous business. You've had a, a, an amazing life story. Uh, you're from Ohio. Let's just start, you know, how you grew up and, and how, you know, your story, your personal story about where you came from.
0: Yeah, so I'm from, you know, back in the Midwest. It's it's got a the air is nice here, mm-hmm. right? Even in February. Yeah, it is. Um, from southern Ohio in Dayton. My my mom was 18 when she had me. My my dad was not too much older than that. And you know, that caused some some waves in the family as you might imagine and but ultimately, you know, the the dust sort of settled. I I moved with just my mom cuz they got divorced to uh, to Gainesville where my mom was on a full tennis scholarship, all that stuff. The interesting thing about that is I was, became the unofficial mascot of the women's tennis team at the University of Florida Go Gators from the ages of about, you know, three to six, let's say, something like that. And,
1: you know- I was gonna say, if you were like in your 20s, that doesn't sound terrible. Sounds (laughs) better, right? (laughs) Yeah, way better, yeah. I'm like, Um, how'd you do this? Tell me the story. (laughs)
0: But uh, but yeah, but you know, bounced around a lot as a kid, which kind of is there's adver- a lot of adversity baked into that. That w- wasn't the easiest thing ever when mm-hmm. your mom's 18 years older than you are, and you know, I love my mom to death, love my dad to death. Still, great relationships all around. My grandparents were really inspirational. All that stuff. Um, moved to Florida, and I, I mean, to kind of get to more of the meat on the bone. Like, graduated from high school in '97, same as you. Mm-hmm. And then 2001, graduated college and really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. That's May of 2001. And, you know, I, it's, it's really easy for me to look out at the world now and see a lot of people. And it's like, what should I do with my life? You know? And, and I think that was, I don't ever want to forget how kind of terrifying that was, you know? And from for my vantage point, unluckily, what happened was 9 11. And so that was kind of just a, a call to arms for me and it it changed the course of of my life on out of tragedy came this desire to serve our country. So, um, that was not a natural thing, right? Like we're definitely going to war. What should I do as, as part of that? I knew what I needed to do, Mm -hmm. but that didn't, that didn't make it easy. So, you know, it took two, I eventually enlisted in October of uh, 2003. So it took, you know, a couple of years to finally- But you felt called right away. Immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Immediately. And, and so the first casualty of the war was a, a guy named Mike Spann who had been a, uh, he was in the Marine Corps, but what got published was, this is the Johnny Walker Taliban uprising in, at, at the prison there. And um, what was talked about was that he was in the special activities division of, of the CIA. So I was like, okay, great. I'm going to go do that. That's the guy I want to be. You know, because choose your roles, role models, you know, carefully. And that's right. who I want it to be, which is an odd thing, you know. I mean, someone dies, they die a hero and you say, send me, I want to go do that, mm-hmm. you know, but that, that's just where it was for me. And I'm not alone in this. There was, you know, long lines at recruiting stations and, and all that. And, and so I went through the CIA process and I kept asking about, you know, how do I do that? That's what I want to do. And finally, this guy, we're in this, you know. Arlington or Northern Virginia, like, you know, those nondescript CIA type buildings that you can imagine. And, you know, you're having my, you know, the 10th one-on-one conversation in the multi-year process that was the CIA um, hiring process. And he's like, look, we don't just bring guys off the street to do this. We take them from special operations and then they come here and then they do that. And I'm like all right, that makes a lot more sense now, right? <laughs> I guess I got to go back and do that. It's like this huge reset. And I, I basically felt like a total idiot and a total failure because at the same time, then I started to get doubt creeping in. Like, okay, do I really want to do this? Do Because the CIA seems also kind of safer mm-hmm. than, hey, I want to go beyond the ground force into, like what really pushed it was the the invasion into to Baghdad. I mean, I signed up, I wanted to go to Afghanistan. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be on the team hunting and killing Bin Laden. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, and then, but once the Iraq stuff kicked off, I was like, man, these wars are passing me by. And most importantly, I will regret this for the rest of my life if I don't do this. So it didn't necessarily, I mean, yes, service is a, is a great thing and, and the country depends upon all different kinds of service. We could we could talk about that for days, but ultimately, what mattered the most was the voice inside my head. I need to go and do this, and if I don't, I will regret it for the rest of my life. And so, made it through and, and made it through the decision, I should say, to to enlist in the army in a time of war, and um, started that process. And it was it was a very very challenging one. How was it like? Go because this is not a
1: life path that you saw yourself living before this happened. So how was it like just saying, you know, okay, I'm joining the army, like, you know, the first day you're there, what's, you
0: it's kind of like a shock, right? Well, I mean, it was, it was terrifying in a lot of, a lot of ways. I mean, there was the whole, I did this and I'm a man and I'm a grown up and I can do this. And then there's the reality of telling my mom in her kitchen that I had done this and the tears and the no, and the, how do we get out of this type Mm -hmm. of, not really what she wanted, but you know, that's a mother's, God gave her the right to that reaction. Yeah, for sure. You know. And like that casts a little bit more doubt into it and my she, my mother became one of my biggest supporters of of course and always has been. But that's just a a, a really really difficult conversation to have, right? And, and and so there was it's the delayed program. So I had a little bit of time and before I go in, of course, finally what what year is that? Like 8 years later after no, I met, met Emily in 95, say, and this is 2003. I finally told the girl that I loved her right in after I had enlisted, but there's a delay, but from when you go in. So I have a few months like, so, you know, I got to tell mom I've enlisted. The family's got to find out. I got to make the sort of rounds about, you know, well, why are you doing this? Like what's, what's going on? Tell the girl that I love her. Finally. I mean, and we had, gone to the same high school together. We graduated together. She was on the girls' tennis team. I was on the guys' tennis team. And we, she babysat my siblings when I was visiting my dad in Ohio over the, so like I was just a total coward mm-hmm. is really what it boiled down to. And, but you know, you make this one thing and you start to contemplate your own mortality, which is a great thing to do. And it's like, I gotta get this off my chest for sure. And so then I've got that sort of swirling around in, in my head at the same time. And then it's like, OK, get on the bus up to Fort Benning. Here you go. It's going to be awesome. And, and so you bring everybody brings all their baggage with them everywhere they go, right? They're, no matter where you go, there you are. And I'm at basic training, and, you know, it was it's just turned into a cold Georgia winter. It was a lot harder than I expected. You know, I'm like this college kid, I'm smart and all this stuff asks me, I'll, I'll tell you. And nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, Nobody cares, man, and it's so great. You're just there and there's, there's a thing going on and you're gonna, you're gonna deal with it. And so it started there, it evolved to airborne school. I'm still writing letters to Emily and to my mom and basic training, all the things. And the hardest part was not the physical stuff. The hardest part was n- not that. It was just the, the, you don't always be leery of the people that say, I'm gonna go do this hard thing in order to find myself, right? Like it can be a gateway to that, but just doing the hard thing is not like, oh, I'm gonna go backpack in Europe for six months and find myself. That is not how it works. <laughs> no, right? it's not. It's not. Like it's going to be worse. It's going to be a lot harder than if you have a degree of confidence. But when you're younger, you have to do these things. I mean, when you're older too, but when you're younger in your formative years, you got to get out there and say, send me. And you go try these things and and you know give them give them your all and pour your heart into it and it, it becomes easy to pour your heart into the army when you're there and you've got to be there you might as well succeed because failure is way worse than success and you're, you're you're there there's there's no other option and so but it's just processing this whole this whole build up in in my own head of I, I'm, I'm probably gonna die i'm probably going to you know, my mom was right to cry in the kitchen and and, and, you know, try to get me out of this. And, you know, this girl that I love that I'm now dating, right? I'm probably going to l- turn her into a widow. I mean, just all these things. They're not yeah. productive at all. Right. But the beauty is, is that learning how to take those on and, and to deal with them, there's some perspective that comes from that. Like, this isn't all about me. There are worse things than dying. It's going to come eventually, mm-hmm. you know? There's... And, and, and it just really sort of, you know, I, I signed up for revenge and that was a powerful motivator. I mean, hate is a powerful motivator, right? It, it just cannot endure and it's not healthy. It, it can't endure. It's definitely a temporary motivation. It will yeah. get you. It, it's like you can get all souped up on 500 energy drinks. You're just going to pay for it. Yeah. In a different way. Like you can't do that, right? Yeah. For, forever and build whatever it is that you, yeah, you oh, can't even do it in business. Like, no. like in business, like
1: you know when you're when you're first starting out a business it's natural to look at the people you're competitive with and think i want to fucking smash them but what happens when you smash them all and there's nobody else to smash now
0: what what are you going to do yeah drink more energy drinks yeah that's right it doesn't work like that it's temporary yeah and so revenge was a very very powerful motivator but you know the the special forces qualification course was for me was over two years long the whole kind of Basic training, airborne school, and then it starts. There's selection, and there's phase two, and and all these all these different things that go into becoming a, a Green Beret. And what they teach you is that it's not about you. They teach you, you know, a, a lot. They teach you how to teach yourself, really. Um, but it's like it's just what it became about, especially when I got to my team, and especially when it, it was just about them. You hear all this stuff about. I wasn't fighting for America and I was fighting for the guy next to me in the fox. So it's, it's all true. It's not that you don't love America. You love America more than, more than you're willing to die for America. But it's not about that. It's not like, man, I'm just, you know, they're shooting, they're shooting at us and like, gosh, I just love America. So I'm going to shoot back. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's not how it works, you know, and, in and, and service to that mission and loyal to that mission of the guys around me that I mean, they're the reason why I'm still alive. They're the reason why, you know, it was a lot of tough love. And, but they're the reason why I, they shaped me so greatly. And it was, it was transformative in my life to the point where I feel like now all I do is I just, oh, I'm just trying to pay it forward a little bit more every single day. Because when you're on a team, you wake up and every day there's this feeling of just I'm probably not good enough to be here. I better really work my ass off to be average on this team. Because if I don't, there's just this enormous fear of failure, AKA they're gonna throw my shit out in the hallway and say, get off our team. Or the team sergeant would say, get off my team. Or, or there's just someone's gonna get killed and that's gonna be my fault. And, and, and so it's just iron sharpens iron and you're just in that environment and that's what it is. And, and that's, that's my definition of service is how that feels when you're in that kind of an environment. You're willing to push yourself for something greater than yourself.
1: How much do you think all of these things that you learned have carried over to your business, which has become wildly successful?
0: It's inseparable. I mean, it's 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 a factual statement that GoRuck would not exist without my time in the army, or specifically special forces. I mean, just technically, I mean, rucking is the foundation of special forces training. It's mm-hmm. not what you see on Discovery Channel about you know log PT and people yelling at you. It's silence except that rucksack is, it's given you a lot of lessons. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're in the pine forest of North Carolina, first by yourself. They want to make sure that you can operate autonomously. You're not scared of the dark and stuff, right? And the first spiders and all the cobwebs that you're, you, are all over your face the first time you do land, na- land navigation, which, oh, by the way, that, that's definitely going to happen. Um, that you're not going to run away scared or quit or suck your thumb in the corner or whatever it might be. But then it's about, you know, the, the rucksacks get heavier, but the demands on your role on the team, do you play well with others, mm-hmm. right? It's just this kind of evolution to, okay, you know, phase one, basically individual, a little bit of team week thrown in. Phase two was uh, like our version of ranger school. It's very doctrinal, okay? So by that, I mean, you learn how to do ambushes and you learn how to do raids. It's all doctrine. You have to know doctrine in order to know how to do, you know, Unconventional stuff. You have to learn conventional stuff. Phase phase three was your job, so for me it was radios and computers and stuff, more more technical, with a lot of PT thrown in. Like PT physical training is the love language. Better be good at right. Phase four, which is probably the most interesting training, I think going, is they turn an enormous portion of North Carolina into this live war game. It's called Robin Sage, and it tests your ability to think on your feet, to adapt, to be unconventional. In nature and it's an evolution. And the rucksacks, by the way, get heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier. So, by the time you're doing Robin Sage, it's a you know 18 to 24 hour infiltration or insertion with 125 pounds plus on your back like excruciating, right? And they've built you up, but in that time, they've also built up your confidence. You've built it up yourself by going through these gates. And, and so, you know, there's this idea of you know, are leaders made or are leaders you know, born or are they made or how does that work? Like, you can always get better is my answer. Because whatever, wherever anybody started day one, if you stuck with it, you were always better the day you graduate. You're a king of the world. And when my wife at that time, Emily, was who had graduated from the farm at the CIA five days before my Green Beret graduation, when she came, and I didn't get to go to her graduation, but she got to come to mine. And when she came to that graduation in Fayetteville, North Carolina, that was king of the world moment, man. I mean, that was just, like, we had done these things. And this
1: is the same girl that you had to work up the courage for 10 years to ask out. That's
0: fucking awesome. Yeah, just built, just pure cowardice. Eventually I had to, you know, figure out a way. Yeah, listen. Figure out a way.
1: It's kind of like what you were talking about in the meeting this morning, dude, and what you talked about last week um, about people having to work up the courage to approach.
2: Well, I mean, it's a, it's yeah. a skill. Yeah. You know, you, you have to develop that skill.
1: Yeah. And that, that, that same lesson is Sal was talking about it in our meeting in regards to business. Um, because a lot of young people, you know, they, they're, they're timid. We were talking about this on our, on our ruck this morning. Um, they're timid or they lack the confidence to go up and say, Hey, this is something that I'm thinking of thinking about, or that I'm concerned about, or I'm this or that. And, uh, it's funny because like, it's such a, it, <laughs> it could come down to your, your relationship, your wife, your husband, your, fuck, your job, any of these things, it all comes down to that same, mustering up the courage to like, just go dude. You know what I mean?
2: Well, you have to learn. I mean, communication is the key, right? I mean, yeah. I think the older, the older I get, the more I realize like how valuable a skill of being able to communicate actually is. Like communicate your struggle. It's an amazing solution to at least step one to figuring out your struggle if you have a problem with your husband or wife like well, we need to communicate that you know but being able to go up and have the courage to be able to have that conversation with somebody you admire or somebody who is your boss or leader like that's a skill and you yeah. develop that skill and in order to have to be the leader to have the conversation kind of downstream if you will you have to learn to have the converse, conversation upstream you have to communicate up and down and that's a learned skill so being able to to go through those little scary moments specifically like with as guys like with girls hot girls you know when you're younger you're like holy fuck man i gotta ask i gotta ask well if you don't ask you don't know the answer might be yes it might be no but it might be yes you know she might have to you. be a
1: cool moment dude. yeah yeah like, as, especially after all that time you wanted to t- talk to her that you didn't
0: yeah i mean well it was even worse than that because we were totally in the friend zone yeah i mean good yeah. friend zone yeah I mean, it, 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 she worked. To break she out worked for my mom yeah. at tennis camp in the summer. She was the camp director. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nuts. It she was, was your Wendy peppercorn. Exactly, Do you know what that is? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It, It's actually she uh, m. Uh, she like calls me Squints Pal Doris. No she, way. Like, yeah, she thinks that <laughs> I. She's like. Or you guys remind don't know, me this, is is, this, is, this is the Sandlot movie. If you yeah. haven't watched it, go, <laughs> yeah. watch, go it. watch it. I mean, it's just, what a total victory that kid got. Hell you know? yeah, And dude. eventually he got the girl just like I did. That's and, you know, right. He had like 10 kids. We have three, but. Yeah, same now you know. in today's world. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that's cool, man.
2: So I, I because uh, the, the story gets better though. So you 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 get your Green Beret, you serve. Where's your, where's your first deployment?
0: So, First appointment was Iraq in two thousand seven at the same time that M was in Africa in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. And uh yeah, Iraq two thousand seven, like height of the surge. You know, it was a like it got real fast. And yeah. by that I mean, you know, How old all, are you? uh, so that's two thousand six. I guess I'm born in nineteen seventy nine, never do math in public. I think that's twenty seven. Close enough. Yeah. Yeah. Close enough. Still young. Still young, and it—it's like you know, it's hard to go back in time and remember what it felt like when you'd watch the news or something, and at the end of the news hour, they would show a picture of you know the fallen servicemen and women who had died that that day or that week. I mean, that was just part of the consciousness, and it was happening every day. It was you know that was what the election was about then. It's like that was just American blood was being shed, and I'm in special forces. Like this, we're, we are going to like be in the fight, like not we're supporting the fight because, you know, you look out at, at the army and it takes, or the military, it takes all different kinds of service. Like the, the fifth special operations force truth is most soft missions require non-soft support. Like it it is a team effort that said for every trigger puller, there's seven in support. The trigger pullers are the ones that are, that are taking, you know, most of the risk as it goes, and that's the life we choose. That's our lot. That's not to say there's a hierarchy. There's that's just to say that's our personality. This is who we are. We, we want to run to the guns, mm-hmm. and that doesn't make it easy. And the more I've gotten along this path, and the more that I've had real talks with Green Berets, where when you're when you're serving, you don't have these kinds of real talks. Like, hey, were you scared before we went in that house? It's like, you have those later. And I've talked to people that are just. I mean, national treasure level heroes and for what they've done. And they're like, I was scared to death going. Like when you know you're going in that house, scared to death. And like, these are people you just figure out a way to go in anyway. It's, it takes a lot of courage, but you do it. And, you know, that is why being around those people, those kinds of people, is why I just believe so much in our country and our way of life, because at every turn Americans have said there's been a class of us that have said, Send me It's come in all different kinds of forms, but send me you 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 are
1: very optimistic about Americans and their and their their resiliency and their
0: their love for this country. How, how do you feel about it currently I feel great about it currently. I think that uh, america if you look at if you look at the history of our country, it's not like you get 10 great leaders in a row, mm-hmm. right? You get great leaders where you need great leaders. And the rest of the time, it's it's people, you know, we wring our hands too much talking about stuff that doesn't really matter that much. When 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 it gets real, that's when you get the great leaders that just seem to emerge. And my my take is, is that it's it's not they just emerge out of thin air. I mean, there's an undercurrent to this country that is, that is very, very, very strong. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to forget about it. It's really easy to forget about it the more time you spend on you know, online chat forums and social media. Or watching the news. Or, or watching any yeah. of that stuff. It's very depressing. And mm-hmm. what I find is that there's so many great people out there just living a great life and really trying to pay it forward. And they, they, they do things like ask their neighbors, how how is it going? Like, oh, you need to borrow a, a saw? Great, here you go. Like, let me come over and help you. You know, this is stuff that goes on. And like, if you, if someone doesn't po- get does like any light, no, I mean, someone posts that stuff, it's yeah. going to go nowhere. It's 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 like not even worth. It's just there's just this undercurrent of people. And you know, I'm again, I'm very fortunate that I'm I have a lot of Green Berets in my life and people in in the special operations and veteran community and and. And in the sort of, my dad was a 42 year union guy in Ohio, like same, same great vibes about that kind of work ethic and those kinds of folks that are just doing the work and, and just living a great life and happy about their lives. And my dad sucks at Facebook and he he doesn't have Instagram (laughs) and you know, every once it's just, that's just not his life. And, and so, you know, there's that underbelly of people that are just Doing great things. And I just really believe in, in our way of life. And it, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm a believer, man.
2: I think it's interesting. You know, I met Jason uh, February of 2020 at Wapalooza. <laughs> That's right. Dude was drinking a Budweiser, right? And he's the only other guy, one of the only other guys drinking beer. I'm like, well, fuck, I'll look, I'll go meet this guy. <laughs> and we end up talking for like an hour and a half.
0: Thanks to Jason Kalipa.
2: Thanks to Jason Kalipa, yeah. my guy who doesn't drink beer. But, uh, and it was right literally, I don't know, maybe seven to 10 days before you realize that the world was going to go fucking stupid. And we were going to see all the stupidity in America all unravel in, in the first 60 days. <laughs> and it was right along the time when our friendship was just evolving. And it was really cool because I got to see and listen to Jason's perspective uh, through social media or just religiously, how he's always been optimistic about the American people. He's extremely, extremely, um, uh, well-educated historian on America. He, he's a very well-educated human on the history of just politics and war inside America. And it's really good to hear his perspective because it's hope, you know, where we, yeah. we see a lot of the negative because we live a lot of our lives on social media. And I think Jason and part of the Go Ruck experience, which is really cool, which is where I appreciated Go Rucking is, you need to get outside and go see the world and go experience, you know, the, the breezes and the snow and the sunsets with a little weight on your back. You get a lot of reflection. You see a lot of good people. It was just a really good time to collide with you, and I think you know, to Andrew, to your point, like he's got a different perspective that I think is very, very valuable, specifically for the American people today.
1: Well, I think his perspective is pretty spot on. I mean, look, dude, the 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 reality of the scenario that we're in is we're in we're in a scenario where I believe that the media and the politicians profit off suppressing uh, the unity that people naturally have in reality you know like when you walk this is why i always say on the show like when you when you walk into a store or in public or you go somewhere it's not like what people see on the internet it's not even close to it you know people aren't attacking each other people aren't you know like screaming racism shit to each other's faces or whatever the flavor of the day is you know of controversy people are generally pretty fucking cool and i think that you know, like you said, Sal and Jason both. I think you know, getting out in the real world and being around regular people and kind of like not listening to people who profit off of us being divided and believing that we're all shitty that they they profit from this. when you remove yourself from that avenue of propagation, you start to look at things in real life, I actually agree with what he's saying. I think that it's the reality. I think most people in America are fucking great people. I think there is. A light, a big light that has shined on the worst parts of our country, and I think that most people are trying pretty fucking hard to be a decent representation of what of what America should be. You know, when I go to the gas station and pump gas, or when I go to a restaurant and like, I I see good people. I don't see I don't see bad shit, and it doesn't matter like if they're Asian or if they're black or if they're white or if they're fucking whatever else they happen to be. Like i see the people that get along and value the fact that people from all different cultures can, you know, function under the ideals of what this country is supposed to stand for. And I, so I, I, I have hope too. I, I just, when I look at some of the younger generations, I wonder, and this is where a little concern comes in for me is, you know, like when you and I were both the same age, um, we share a tip, we, we share, I think, a parallel ideological value system uh, for the most part. And, and, you know, all of our friends do, right? Like we're all the same kind of people. But like, bro, every single one of those people I know is our age. So like when I look at like the concern that I have, it's concern for the younger men and women that are under 30 years old, wondering how they feel. Do they still have a sense of, you know, like
0: you're calling for America, right? Like. Um, Andy, that like this is what I mean. My generation, our yeah. generation, was so soft and was like you fill in the blanks until 9-11 happened, and yeah. then we answered the call to service. And That's now true. all of a sudden, I, we get a pass. No, no, right? it's, no. Yeah. I'm not saying that. But, I agree but, with you. I agree with you.
1: There's, there's every, every fucking old Gary V says this all the time, bro. Yeah. Gary V says this. It's a generational thing. When you get to a certain age. Uh, you know, like our fucking parents looked at us and they're like, fuck, these kids are pieces of shit. (laughs) Like, you know, and like their their parents looked at them and said the same shit. And like, like I, I wonder how much of it is just like us saying that because it's like the natural thing or how much of it is actually real because it's hard. It's hard to know. It's hard to me
0: says it, that the more you say it, the more you will believe it, mm-hmm. and if if we kind of take a leap of faith and we say, "Look, I might not be able to go online and 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 change the nature of America through you know on Instagram or whatever, right. whatever TikTok of the day is, right?" But I know what I can impact, mm-hmm. and if you have faith, and I know you guys do because of how you lead your lives, if you have faith that you can impact others. And I know you are because I know a lot of the lives that you are impacting. And then you make a list of your friends, right? Put me on that list. And you say, there's a lot of other people out there that are fighting the same fight that we're having. Mm -hmm. And you know what you're doing? You're raising the next generation's leaders. And those leaders are the ones who will lead the ones who are not being led like this. And that to me is the hierarchy. The true freedom is to break free of these chains of thinking that life is going to happen in instant gratification and that this is all about, you know, your, your, your value exists in this metaverse or on your phone or in this digital world. Your, your value exists in the real world. That's right. And it exists from you to yourself in the mirror and to the people who you respect who are around you and to the networks that you have and the people that you have and where you put your time and your energy and your faith. And so when I say keep the faith, I mean there's a lot of us out there that are doing this. Right. And the more that we believe, in ourselves, the more that becomes the self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, that's a good good point, dude. Yeah, that's a really good point.
2: What did you- I I
1: like the part, I like what you just said about, about you're leading the future leaders. I like that because that, and and that's real, that's real shit. Because just like in business where you're not gonna get every customer, you're gonna get certain customers that are then gonna replicate out for your business, right? Like when, when people discover ruck, you're not getting 100% of the people, to, you're getting two out of 100 who then recruit five more each, right? And so that's how business works, so it makes sense that that's how that will work
0: too, to me. I mean, this is the sort of classic special forces mission, right? While, while, I, have a, while I have you, I'll, like, this is, because every, every time I go on any platform, I, I make it real clear how much I owe. The, the special forces community and how much of my life is impacted by that. And and it's it's a it's a way to kind of say, hey, find something bigger than yourself and serve that mission. It doesn't have to be this. But the the SF mission is you work by with and through others. You go in, so the first, you know, the horse soldiers into Afghanistan right after 9-11 in the boneyard of the Soviet empire. They went in there and worked with the Northern Alliance in order to defeat the Taliban. They didn't try to go in and say, hey, we're just gonna do this ourselves. You work with others, you train the trainers, you force multiply others. Mm-hmm. And so the more that we're able to do that in our network of, of people, that's called mentorship. Yeah, That's mentorship it implies, you know, sometimes it's judgment-free, sometimes it's not. Sometimes you gotta hold people to account. Sometimes there's, you know, it, it comes in all different kinds of flavors, but like that's all we have. I mean, you're, you know, Your your nieces and nephews, your your kids, like my kids, these this is all going to belong to them. Right. And we can absolutely set them up for success. And I know lots of kids and I know lots of parents who are raising their kids right. Mm -hmm. And I know lots of parents that I I think maybe could improve that a little bit. Yeah. And I think, you know, it breaks my heart when you see kids that, you know, are way overbeast or super inactive or all these things that are not their. They're not really choosing that; they're being born into that. Right. That said, keep the faith, man. There's a lot of us out there, and we can impact what we can impact, and just keep fighting.
1: Yeah, I like that, dude. I think it's true too. I think it is true. What do you think about? Um, well, moving on from the special forces and your experience there, what tell us about Goruck, dude? Like, how did? Where did this idea come from? And like. <laughs> Give us like like how like like how do you start a go run? you know what I'm saying
2: like <laughs> he wrote a book about it yeah yeah,
0: yeah. kind of I, I mean got that a was, signed copy that was yeah that was a tw- uh, a pandemic sort of I got to do something you know let me let me <laughs> dig up an old journal and bookend it and all that stuff I wrote a little book called how not to start a backpack company it's it's so little we didn't we printed it once however many did some copies and like I think it's on Audible now or whatever it wasn't. It's just like, I needed to get that out for me. Yeah. Um, But it was mostly just to catalog the struggles of it, right? Because people look at stuff and they think that, you know, the beer fridge at HQ has just always magically been that way and payroll just magically got. It's just like, oh, this is just what it is. Like our revolution is their baseline type stuff, but Mm -hmm. you got to go to the next generation and talk about what the revolution was like, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it was, I'm a totally accidental Does that entrepreneur. that sound familiar? Yeah, <laughs> sounds over there
1: shaking his An head. Accidental
0: entrepreneur. I never had a lemonade stand as a kid. I was playing sports and doing all that kind of stuff, whatever. Um, but as I was in between my deployment, so the first one was to Iraq, second one was to uh, West Africa. And Emily was in a different country in West Africa. But on Christmas leave, between those two, I went and visited her at her diplomatic housing in Abidjan, Cote d'Ivoire, West Africa, Right. And I was like, man, this, it was, it was really weird because I was coming from this war. To, like you, you have your gun trucks and you know, you're at war in Iraq and you have your team, like, this is what's up, you know? And I went to Africa. I'm like, man, this is like the, the, the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up just from the vibe. Like, but it wasn't, we're not at war at all. It just, I didn't know what to make of it yeah. basically, which is in some cases a lot worse, you know? So I went to Emily's house and you know did you know normal things that any you know house husband would do like base fortification and <laughs> uh, you know increase security posture and I made her a, a couple go bags. So for us, the definition of a go bag or a go ruck was when you go out on a mission, you would put a go ruck in the trunk of the Humvee in case your vehicle was disabled and you had to fight. So you have extra radio equipment, bombs, guns, ammo, water, extra supplies, right? And and so. Like I just took that knowledge and said, okay, well, you need to have this just in case because you know she's a smoking hot five foot five and a half. Let's say you know girl in in Africa uh, meant to operate autonomously. Yes, she had a dog, but meant to operate autonomously. The cavalry ain't coming, and so how do you make how do you set her up for success? Like I didn't want her to die, Mm -hmm. you know. And so hey, here's some stuff. Put this in your car at all times. Keep this in the house. At all times, use this just in case. And there was just like, you know, basic house husband stuff. And was trying to figure out what I was going to do next. Because I knew at that point, I had about another year in. It was like, something's got to give here. She's in the CIA. I'm in special forces. And that ain't going to work, you know? And so I was going to transition out. And then I was finally going to go back and get that ground branch job that I had originally sort of said, okay, I guess maybe go get that. And I met the people. She's like, oh, while you move to West Africa, you should do the GORUCK thing like, what does that mean? Um, But, you know, Emily's always been my muse in life uh, amongst so many other things. But it was like, okay, well, I guess I can build Go Rucks or Go Bags for people. I can teach them how to put, you know, better cameras up in their house. I can show them some security posture and all that stuff. And so that was the, the origins was just like, go do the Go Ruck thing. And then I went back to America and it's like, okay, great. Got the idea. It's basically done now, right? you know? Yeah, wrong. <laughs> right. And so it's was like, all right, well, you know, i got to figure out this import export business to West Africa and there's diplomatic pouches and there's all this stuff you're kind of not supposed to use and ended up, you know, not going that route. I'm like, all right, maybe just figure out how to do the bags. Right. Like, cause I know nothing about bags, except the thing about special forces is you will become an expert of your, your gear, an expert because, you know, choose the wrong socks. That's how, you know, that's how Napoleon lost at Waterloo, right? Like choose the wrong footwear, you're out of the fight. Have the wrong gun, you're definitely dead, right? Stuff like that. and And so you become an expert of all things, especially rucksacks as well, because you spend all your time, you have weight on your back. like, hey, I'm gonna sprint into combat with no weight uh, and just jog in and like take care of the bad guys. said nobody ever. That's mm-hmm. not a thing. Like you always are carrying weight. And so I was like, all right, so build this, uh, bag. Why not? So how do I do that? I don't know. Like, how, how do you, I, I remember Googling, like how to backpack designer and there was this ad on YouTube it was very primitive at the time. Anyway, I'm like, okay, well, how hard can this be? A terrible question to ask yourself because it's a million times harder. If you know how hard it's going to be, you're never going to do it. You Might as well just do it. Right. Those are the questions that you want to, you want to find out the answers to when you ask yourself. So put, did what, you know, probably pretty normal. Put an ad in Craigslist New York City for a, quote, backpack designer, because that's how you do it, I guess. And, you know, found some applications, found this design team out in Bozeman, Montana, that it, because the economy was terrible, which, by the way, is a fantastic time to take a chance on stuff. And, uh, they had been laid off from their job in New Zealand because, you know, pack selling bags down there was rough or something. I don't know. And they were trolling the internet looking for work. And I mean, I can play these, we can play connected dot for till forever, but ultimately years later had a, a a bag that I basically believed in, right. Except then I had to figure out how to get it built to scale in, in America and then figured out like, well, how much does this cost again? Right. Once it had gone through that, cause in, you are in R and D you don't, I didn't, consider the cost side at all. I just want to build the best stuff on planet Earth that I possibly could that would make my buddies proud that I served with that I was now kind of regretting not still serving with, right? Because I'm not a good enough Green Beret now because I'm not still doing Green Beret stuff. That's the curse that we all have. I don't care if you do five years or 30. That's the the curse. You're never good enough of a Green Beret. So I want to make them proud forever. So it better be pretty damn good. And like if they have it in Afghanistan, the Straps better not come off and better hold the weight well. All, all that type of stuff, right? Um, so then you start to scale manufacturing problems, right? Which is completely different. It's like, wait, this is going to cost what? I mean, it's cost me what I wanted to charge. Like if, And if you went to hmm. pick you your- You mean re- it's not free to make your shit? <laughs> no. You mean it doesn't cost $2 and you
1: sell it for 50 bucks?
0: That ain't how it works. Shocking, huh? No? Or you go to the store and you're like, oh, well, this this uh, you know, this OGO backpack that, you know, the ones that you see at the software conferences that cost 50 bucks, or the North Face one that, you know, Sarah Lee Cupcakes bought out, whatever time period that cost 50 bucks. And you got different software companies on those and they just give them away for free and they cost 75 bucks now. Like, like 75 bucks, that's expensive, right? And I'm like, whoa, this is costing me a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well. What's, how am I gonna... Challenge number one. Yeah, challenge, well, at this point, we're chatt- it's like we're restarting the challenge series yeah. if we're at challenge number one, you know? Because I thought the challenge was, you know, get this thing built to standard. Yeah, which took years. Years.
1: So, years. So you're telling me when you have an idea, you don't, it just doesn't
0: materialize into a business?
1: Well, you didn't give up after six months? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and and the thing is, is that it is easy to, it's easy to say, when do you say it's good enough? Mm-hmm. And, and this is a real existential question because, you know, I mean, great art is is never finished. It's only abandoned. I think that's Da Vinci, right? And, you know, Steve Jobs, great artists ship. At some point you have to actually ship. Like that's it, right. It cannot be just- account doesn't count until you do. That's right. Yeah. And you have to accept the fact that I'm, I might have to iterate this or I might have to, you know, accept the world's judgment. And, and then you're you're back into this conversation. You're you're not just doing this for yourself with your sewing machine in, in Ma's basement, right? You know, blogging about it. Like you have to actually come up with something of value to somebody else, put it for sale and sell it. And then people buy it or they don't. And, and that's, that's a, that takes a little bit of courage too. Who bought your first one?
1: Well, this was a great time. To- <laughs> Hold on. This was a great thing that he, we talked about on our ruck this morning.
0: What happened when you launched? Silence. You didn't get yelled at. Absolute Silence. That is the most, the deadliest killer of them all, silence. And it was something where, you know, I'd spent, you know, years and years at this point and find a website designer in a place, you know, the place that had built the rucks was also going to pick, pack and ship it for me, which is a big no-no. If someone's promising to do all sorts of different stuff, just realize you better have someone that's your people to QC there, quality Mm. control there, which ended up being, had to get one of my old teammates who had transitioned to the guard to drive in an hour one way periodically to check all this stuff because it was in Colorado. Anyway, um, but the, the biggest thing was silence. It was like, I knew that this was awesome. I knew it was a good story that could be a thing, but the biggest problem was me. I was not really willing to, at that time, share anything I'd, I'd set up my first facebook account account an, an anonymous pseudonym because i still wanted to go be a better green beret by being like jason Bourne or whatever mm-hmm. and and like well i can't have a real name out there if this is this and you know you don't get to have your cake and eat it too in this case and so i had to eventually i had to kind of pick and choose is this something that i actually believe in or or not and you know <laughs> it's like yeah.
2: It's really interesting because, you know, we used to, when we first started our social with First Form, the fear factor of actually being out there and getting behind it, we used to wear Luce Libre, the mask. And it was a thing that we would, <laughs> nobody knew who was behind the mask and we would make all the content at First Form <laughs> because we didn't really want to associate our names to it. Exactly. Just in case. Just yeah. in case, yeah. right? Like it was kind of like, holy fuck, man. Like we're going out there. Well, let's just put these masks on. Nobody'll know who it is. Yeah. And for the first, I don't know, better part of maybe three or four months until we got comfortable doing it, we were the legion of boom with Luce Libre mask on our head. You know, <laughs> so that fear, even now, my my social handle is Mr. Forsella, because at the time, you didn't want it to be Sal Forsella, because if my friends really knew what I was doing, I would be judged.
0: God, it's such a power. I mean, the fear, I still have it. Like the worst thing. The worst thing that I could get would be a, a note from somebody that I served with, or somebody tells me that somebody that I served with was, was somehow disappointed or embarrassed because they knew me or because I served with them. And, and like that's just a huge thing that's it's it's highly motivating for me. And it's the same thing. Like I was not strong enough at the time of the launch of GoRuck to sit and say, I'm willing to just all my chips all in. I had to kind of, I had to figure out if this was actually for me, but at some point you have to decide because it ain't going to work out if you don't.
2: But I think you realize in that evolution of figuring out who you are and who the business is that unless you go all in, you stand no chance.
0: Yeah, I also figured out that I was completely empowered to do this on my own terms and I could do it the right way. Yeah, I don't have to build, you know, disposable stuff that sucks that's going to break. I don't have to... Like just because, it's, because fast fashion became a thing that we studied in business school. And it's like, oh, look at what a great business this is. Like, I don't care. I don't believe in fast fashion. I think you should build better stuff. And I think you should stand by it. I think you should, you know, have it mean something. Put some soul and some heart and some love into it and like really give it some meaning and say, this is worth this. And I don't, I don't want to play the commodities game. The That's a race to the goods bottom. goods bullshit. Race yeah, to the bottom, man. I agree, dude. And like, I sleep really well because I Same. know that we leave it out on the mat and, you know, R&D and new product development and all that stuff, it is, a, it is behind the scenes. It is in our R&D center, the, the, the folks that are testing our gear and there is blood on that mat every single day. And we love each other and we fight it out. And once we eventually get to something where it's like, all right, are we going to go another round today or is this good? And it's like, that's the vote. And there's a vote. It's like, nope, let's go to the mat, right? And so then we go to the mat and and it's like, and, and then it leads to better products, mm-hmm. better things that we then, in our souls, we believe in. And when you believe in something, man, then you can get into conquering the world. But it's like, when you don't believe in yourself and you try to go find yourself on a six-month backpacking trip through Europe or wherever it is, southeast asia like you know the beach or whatever movie right like i'm gonna go find myself in that same beach that dicaprio was at like good luck with that that is not gonna work out such
1: a common thing right now like right this second in society there is a plague of that these people think that they can like go on an adventure and discover themselves bro you have to build yourself you got to create yourself and that shit is fucking hard it's not fun it's difficult and like Jason's sitting here talking about, the longer that you delay this process, the longer you delay the reality that you have to fucking forge yourself into what it is you're trying to become. The le- the longer you delay that, the less likely that it's ever going to materialize. That's my opinion, and I see this with like, this is a fucking trend on social right now where people are literally totally. I actually talked about this in our meeting this morning. They're totally abandoning reality for this fucking delusional social media shit. We're like, I see these people going on these adventures and they're like, oh, I'm disconnecting. How, can, how are you disconnecting when I'm watching you twirl around in the motherfucking rain, talking about how you're living your life? Like, bro, you're, do it, you're you're putting on a play for people on the internet that you don't even fucking know. And while you're putting on this play for these people on the internet that you don't fucking know, Your life is passing you by and you are losing your opportunity that you have, which is your time, because you're trying to entertain people and convince people that you are somehow more enlightened or more free or whatever the fuck y'all think you are. But like, you ain't fooling me, bro. (laughs) And you ain't fooling Jason. Like, bro, this shit is fucking hard. And you are going to have to suffer. You're going to have to. We talked about this too. On the, we should have just recorded the fucking ruck, bro. <laughs> because there's not a single person out here. Like all the people that you admire, all the people who lived great lives, all the people you read about, all the people they make movies about, all the people who have impacted society, all the people who have created, every single fucking one of those people has suffered immensely. And the reason that you admire them is for the struggles that they went through, not the struggles that they ran from and danced around and put on a play on social media, discovering themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, bro, I'm going to be real with you. And this is going to piss some people off. But I'm so fucking sick of that shit. I'm so fucking sick of it because it's the most inauthentic shit that we see on the internet. Oh, I'm enlightened. Look at me. I'm disconnecting. Oh, duh, duh. Duh, duh, duh. You're putting it right there. You're you're fucking setting up a tripod to film this shit. (laughs) Like, who the fuck are we fooling here?
0: Yeah.
1: Like, dude. There's going to be so many people in 10 years, 10, 12 years that are going to regret wasting their entire fucking youth on bullshit. And they're going to say, fuck, I don't know why nothing ever worked for me. I don't know why like my ideas never came to fruition. Well, because the minute it got hard, you didn't stick it out for two years like Jason did to put a product out. And then when it came out, which we're going to get to in a second, you get fucking silence. And then you keep persevering through it. That's why your shit didn't work out, bro. Mm -hmm. You're you're too busy dancing around pretending like you're living your life. This was, dude, this was no different. And I know I'm getting off on a fucking rant here, but this was no different than when I was building our first company, Supplement Superstores, bro. I was 20 fucking, I was 19 years old when we started it. The first three years, I made $0. The next seven years, I made $695 a month. I didn't make shit. All my fucking friends they were getting fucking jobs. They were getting their college jobs, right? They're making 60 grand a year, 70 grand a year. They're calling me a broke motherfucker, telling me, when am I going to get a real job? They're taking vacations. They're quote unquote living their life, right? And I'm doing this bullshit. And here's the thing. Those same people that did this same shit, which is the same version of the shit that I'm describing now, which is this, oh, I'm fucking free, but I'm going to record it all, right? The same pe- Those same people are the same fucking people that now hit me up and ask me if I could fucking hire them or hit me up and say, hey, I want to work with you guys or hit me up and their life is a complete fucking disaster because they fucked off for the, for when they had the opportunity. And there's so many young people right now that I, and I, dude, you fucking can disagree with me all you want. We have a lot of young listeners, but there's so many young people that I see fucking biting the wrong bait in reality, not understanding that like what you do now is gonna compound over time. You started GORUCK in 2008, it's 2023, bro. This shit doesn't happen in one day or one year or fucking one week or one month. It takes pure grit and perseverance. And if you want a life that you admire, that you're gonna be proud of, um, maybe you should consider that you shouldn't spend your entire life pretending like you're more enlightened than everybody and disconnected and more spiritually heightened by dancing around in the fucking rain, telling us that it's authentic when you're recording it for the internet. Sorry, it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. And I know where you like. We talked today. You have the ability to see where people are going to go ten years from now down their life. I have the same ability, bro. I can look at these people and be like, I can tell exactly where the fuck you're going to end up. I don't know, man. It's a plague right now.
0: The yeah, whole- I mean, so the thing is, it's like you can't, you can't fake yourself. Yeah. And, and that's, the biggest, that's the biggest thing that they, they, they will weed out people who are in things for the wrong reasons in, in, in training, yeah. right? They'll weed people out just because it gets hard and you can't fake yourself. And so the thing is, is that you have to, there's this, there's this big gap. And, and the gap though is that people don't understand all of the steps or they don't want to pay attention to them, but there's no such thing as I'm just born confident. I'm just born a leader. I'm just born this way. It's just very incremental. And you make these, you make these steps, and then you're ready for something that's more, more challenging in life. And then the, 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 the big maxim, though, is there's, there's no real self-made people, but to be a great teammate, you first have to be a great individual. And so there's this glorification of the I, the individual that's out there, like, look at me, all this stuff I'm doing. But to be a great individual, you have to actually do stuff. and and hard stuff. And I don't, I don't, I say this as a matter of fact, not like shaming people into doing whatever, but like you have to do this. You have to ask the girl out. You have to, the things that you know that you need to do, those are the things that are the good place to start. And wherever you need to go to get there, make the incremental steps to get there. And and there's, there's no silver bullets. There's no kind of, if, if someone's selling you as this, like hey, the world's full of nails and here's a hammer. I, I, I'm the only guy selling a hammer. That's a problem. That's, that, that ain't going to work. No. You have to get to the point where, okay, yes, you, you now have done some hard things to where you can't fake yourself. You, you know this to be true. And then you have to say, okay, so what do I believe in? And, and, and what mission do I want to be a part of? And so, man, that's where the real magic comes in because we need each other as people. Being on a team is a lot better than being by yourself for your whole life or for, you know, the greatest moments of your life. Are you by yourself? No. No. You have to invest the time in, into other people, into the networks of people that you have. And you know, there's the, the, you know, don't believe all the news, but the, the study, I think it was the 85-year Harvard study or whatever about, you know, the, the secret to life's happiness is relationships matter a lot, mm-hmm. right? And it's one of those things where, like, invest in others. That, that, that's what you're th- going to think about on your deathbed. Yes, you have a drive inside of you. You guys have drives inside of you that's like, you want to change the world, conquer the world, bitter, bigger, better businesses, more impact. At the same time, you're probably not going to think about how many zeros are behind in your bank account on your deathbed. You're going to think about, like, the two of you. I don't even and- think about it now. I, Amen. Yeah. Amen. Right. But it's 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 like the the team that you get to do this stuff with that's so rewarding. The 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 crew that I push sandbags around with in my driveway this this whole weekend. I'm sitting here sore right now because we were pushing sandbags around on Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon. It's like. Push some sandbags around for an hour. Drink some beer in the driveway. Talk about our lives. Our kids are running around. It's a beautiful day in capital freedom in the universe, also known as Florida, right? And, <laughs> that's, and it's, one, and it's,
1: well, that's one nickname for it.
0: <laughs> and it's just, it's awesome. It's really rewarding for for, yeah. for me. And at the same time, that kind of also fills the cup up to go... Yeah. Yeah. Get back to conquering the world and trying to get more people to live this way of life that that I that I cherish and really deeply believe in. Dude, my 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 read. And and by by the way, I fucking love that. I wish I was drinking
1: beer with you guys. The the the, which, by the way, just so you know, I did drink a lot of beer when I was on vacation. A whole lot. Still good. For anybody. Yeah, it's fucking great. (laughs) Yeah. I actually did. not I send you a picture to tell you how great it was. Because I said like on the show last week, I think I'm done with alcohol forever because it had been like a long time, but I, I was lying. I'm definitely not done. <laughs> um, but dude, where, where I get irritated with this, this mentality of the, what, we, what we were just talking about is like you, these people, that's fine. I'm cool with that. If you really want to live your life and you want to be a free spirit and you want to float around fucking whole life, great, great friendships and do these things. Fucking cool, bro. I get it. But where it gets me, dude, and where I get irritated with it is when those fucking people think that they deserve what the fuck we have or what you and I have or what we've created when they haven't done none of the fucking work. And, and none of it for any amount of time. Like, that irritates the fucking shit out of yeah. entitlement. Bro, it fucking irritates the shit out of me. And it also irritates the shit out of me when I see young people who say they want all these things. They want to build something. They want to be successful. They want to do this. But then they're fucking buying into the, they're, they're eating the wrong bait.
0: Like if that makes sense, like yeah, but so you know, I think people are so starving to be a part of something bigger than themselves, no doubt, no doubt, starving for this I, I know that I was I, I, I go back to, i was it was such a well uh, the basis of your company is that, the basis of our company is that it's the same you know it was such a stressful time in my life it, between the whole build up my, my senior year in college to what job am I going to get, and you know, you know, I grew up in the eighties was influenced by, you know, the people that were working on wall street and, you know, you know the Gordon geckos, and yeah. you're supposed to get out there and make a, make a ton of money. And yeah. that's, that's what, that's what it is. That became, I thought I was going to be a consultant and solve business problems. I do solve business problems. I'm not really a consultant, you know, yeah. but it's like, it was such a, a, a deeply emotionally challenging time for me because I did not, I had all of this energy I had all of this passion I really wanted to do something special with my life, and I just did not know how to do it. I didn't know where to start. I got a lot of no's from, I mean, I applied to, n- name a place, Goldman Sachs, McKinsey, the big, the big type of places that I thought my quote, quote, background had prepared me for. I mean, I got people that told me I was I was way too, like, Relax or chill. I didn't have the drive to be at Goldman. I mean, I, no fault to them. It's just like, there was just the, the people in the front line and probably I didn't know how to interview. Yeah. I didn't know how to sell myself at all. No, bro. Was, if you let them see in the real you, they would have fucking said, bro, you're way too intense. Exactly. <laughs> so then you overcompensate. Yeah. I, I don't know how to present this. And yeah. I was really bad at you're that. You're an authentic at that, human, bro. At that yeah. stage. And I was trying to like, well, God, what am I supposed to say? Because I yeah. didn't, but but the truth is I was not a good fit for that. Right. And the no was great, mm-hmm. right? Two great answers in the world, yes and no. Mm-hmm. Maybe an uncertainty are the worst because they just eat you from the inside. And, and there's so many people out there that want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And, and we have to, at times, we have to cut them a little bit of a break, meet, like go, and you guys do this. You meet them just a little bit closer to where they are. Mm-hmm. And you say, hey, check it out. Find something that you believe in. Pay your dues. Spend years there. Learn the place before you have this big grandiose opinion about you know the big bosses suck and they don't know anything. Like pay your dues, but but go to some place that you believe in. Like there's there's almost no bad as long as you get to work hard. There's almost no bad job in your twenties because you're gonna you're learn taught, a lot of shit. You don't know you anything.
2: To. Yeah. If you choose to. Yeah. I think that's what we're going through. And to Andrew's point earlier. To Jason, to your point, it's not the zeros in the bank account. The best thing that I feel we get to do every single day is go back and invest back into this community and helping these young people find their path. Bro, because it's everything. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it is the most challenging thing that we do. The gray hairs exist on my head for those exact same conversations, but it is the most rewarding because there's nothing better than watching somebody commit to becoming personally excellent. Becoming a best version of themselves, taking their life serious, taking this opportunity, you know, and and running with it because it makes you feel empowered by their action to go out and change the world. And it, it, that's the invigorating part about what we get the opportunity to do every day is is feedback into the youth and see who bites, you know, and see who believes. I fucking
1: love that. I, dude, what I love, dude, more than anything, is when I fucking see someone who I didn't actually believe in step the fuck up. Who I saw like in the beginning, like, dude, I love to be proven wrong about people. I Mm -hmm. fucking love it. And it's actually a testament to how I really think about people, too. Because if I, if they did, because if, if I was really how people think I am sometimes, I would hate that motherfucker for proving me wrong. My favorite thing (laughs) in the fucking world is when these fucking young people who I think cannot fucking possibly fucking step up, when they step the fuck up and they prove me wrong, bro, it's, it's like the coolest fucking thing ever to me. I'm like,
0: dude. All right, there's fucking hope here. We will have our moment. Yeah, our generation will have our moment in mass for the next generation. Yeah, that's my belief. Yeah, I believe it too.
1: I believe it too. So, dude, getting back on your story because it's incredible. I'm sorry that we went off on the rants. Um, silence. Yeah. All right. So, how'd you manufacture? I how'd got you, a web- How did I- you manufacture oh, yeah.
0: non-silence? All right. So I got a website and I got I got three bags and a hat on that website, yeah. right? Three bags and a hat. That's hey, what that's I got. A <laughs> right? That's a good start. Right? That's a good start. It's a really good Sounds start. Like a good and Friday I'm like, night. okay, my first idea was was a terrible one, but it was definitely a one of action. I'm gonna get in my truck with my dog and drive to forty-eight states. meet people get into adventure, try to sell backpacks out of my truck. I bought I bought the sport rack up top because I definitely didn't have enough room inside of the extended length expedition for all the stuff I was going to sell. And then I had them ready to ship me resupplies as I was selling them through that whole summer. You know, like it was it was pretty sweet, the, the plan that I had in my own mind, of course. Drove around to 48 states, sold exactly zero, zero backpacks. Got a lot of opinions from people, right? Like if... So if you're in the, in, in SF or you're in the army and you're, say you're at the range and you're not shooting well, everybody has an opinion about why you're not shooting well. And when you're shooting well, it's like, they just kind of, nobody's got an opinion about anything. <laughs> they just like, watch well, like respect, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so this is one of those things. Everybody had an opinion about, well, maybe if it was this and maybe if it was that. And the bottom line was, I thought that I needed to drive around to small men's shops Something like that where I could have one-on-one conversations with people and sell them on the virtues of this very expensive rucksack, which which cost, uh, was for sale for $295, right? Unknown brand, hey, Made in America, Special Forces Roots, all that stuff, but $295 is
1: $295. Yeah, they're looking and, at it saying, that's a fucking backpack.
0: Whoa, and yeah. then is 50%, and I'm making basically nothing oh, off right. of that. Awesome, right? But, hey, it'll get the word out, whatever. But this is definitely going to work, you know? And- what I realized was at the end of that summer, which I refused to, to stop short because I'm too stubborn, right? There were some other people that were around and everybody had left. It was scorched earth, right? Because they brought on someone to take photos, brought on someone else to you know, help with the sales, someone else to help with all this stuff. By then it was me and my dog. Bad country song, me and, me and my dog you're and a bottle limited. of whiskey at, at the campgrounds, literally in Wyoming, okay? And it's like this business model is terrible how about let's not do that anymore. and so what should it be? and what i did not know was anything about facebook ads or google adwords or whatever. and frankly, that's something that i was never going to get good enough fast enough in order to make this worthwhile. and truth is, i didn't really want to get good at it. let's mm-hmm. let's be real, right? and so it was like, okay, but what i do know how to do is to build teams. i know how to i know how to embrace the suck and i know how to teach people to embrace the suck. i know how to basically show them what they are capable of way more than they could possibly ever know that they're capable of. So how about you meet me on this street corner at 1 a.m. It's called the Go Ruck Challenge. Um, details not forthcoming. Started out at five to six hours. It became 10 to 12. Then it became 12 plus hours. And, and it was like, details not forthcoming. Oh yeah, bring this rucksack and we're gonna stuff it full of bricks at the, at the start point. How does that sound? And what happened was Fight Club with Rucksacks was born. And it just became this kind of, I mean, the business, we had to build around it and I can go into all those sort of, hey, the first price of the Go Ruck Challenge was half the price of the rucksack and you got to keep the rucksack. So you got 12 hours with a Green Beret, AKA at that time, me, you know, in awesome leadership, team building, excellence, lessons underneath the ruck. And you got to keep this ruck that I basically somehow net lost money on. But at least it was something, man. Like we were... And, and all of a sudden, that was the energy that became GORUCK. Was, it's about pushing a little bit harder. It's about, let's do it together. It was a team event. Never a race. A so what event. you're saying is, you had to get out there and get your fucking hands dirty. Very. And yeah. lose money. Yeah. And lose money. And lose you money know, and, heard...
1: and convince people to do really hard
2: shit in the yeah, middle of the fucking I, no, night.
1: Bro, I fucking love it. <laughs> my, my, so my first time, my first experience with GORUCK that I ever heard of you was from our cousin Michael. Michael, yeah, yeah, and he did one of your. I think it was a twenty four hour deal. Did you do twenty four hour no, deals?
2: He, he, so there was to maybe it as as twelve light heavy, and hard, yeah. right.
0: Yeah, uh, basic tough heavy now because it's the go-ruck Challenge okay. underneath that. But the heavy's 24 heavy twenty four hours. Been about ten years ago,
2: it was, it was early on. Yeah. that was
0: that was probably the twelve plus. But the yeah. twelve plus sometimes turned into eighteen to twenty. You just didn't know. There
2: was no end. Yeah, you know? you even got cousin Greg to do it. he did yeah (laughs) oh that's cool yeah but that was where i first heard about it yeah it was it was cool that had to
0: have been like
1: 2010.
2: uh yeah maybe maybe 11. maybe 11. 11. yeah i remember he had his little man everything was like the the go ruck gray t-shirt with the you know every
1: everything from a long time ago is now 2010. it was 2000 (laughs) like last week but i switched (laughs) to 2010 now
2: but But yeah but the underground experience i think is an important thing to note here is you had to pivot And say, okay, well, fuck it. I'm not going to go sell around to these, you know, bougie men's boutique shop. Let's get back to my roots. I mean,
0: we tried the non-bougie ones too. We tried like hunting and fishing stores. (laughs) You know, we tried, we tried them all and none of it worked.
2: In all fairness to them, I remember But you
0: you went out and made believers of these people (laughs) by, by doing it yourself. Or arguably different people at that time right? Because we went after the the crazies. We went after the this really niche group of people that it's the same. And so it's the same type of person that signs up for special forces in a time of war or not and says, send me. And this is why we talk about belief in America, belief in our way of life, because what I found in my veteran transition at that time, which became the veteran stereotype transition, AKA really hard, right? Was I needed to find something to believe in because I had left military service and I wasn't doing the CIA thing and my marriage was, you know, in the crash and burn stage. Later, I got remarried to the same girl. It's, you know, know this, it's it's a, it it all gets crazier. But at this point, it was me and my dog basically and no money because I had poured it into everything. And, and it was, You know, it was just one of those things where America is full of people that at that time still wanted to show up and do really hard things. And I thought that was reserved for special forces. I thought I will never be as cool as I was in special forces. That is where the awesome exists. It's only there. And the rest of my life basically sucks because other people suck because they're not Green Berets, right? And that's me looking at life through a straw and feeling sorry for myself. And what I found was, look, I mean, the, the, the basic truth is I never would have signed up for the army without 9-11. Do I, am I glad 9-11 happened? No, I'm just telling you my life was, is profoundly richer because of the things that happened in the wake of that tragedy. And so I don't sit here and take some sort of high ground like I served in the military and other people didn't. I have zero high ground. I would not have done it without this. The point is, is that there's a lot of people out there and life is a, you know, we all, we all there's lots of different ways to, to serve and all of that stuff, but there's a lot of just crazy people here that want to do really hard stuff and, and like want to serve other people and are just good fucking people. Yeah. And it's so easy to forget about that, man. It is. And, and every time I let a class... You know, you go on Facebook, you get angry, you go to a go ruck challenge, you get inspired. And that's what it was. That's why 75 miles a weekend between two classes and the recons and driving around leading. Because the next summer I was, I was driving around, not the same exact route, but I was leading go ruck challenges all over the country in, in the same truck and, you know, up and down the East Coast, New York and Boston and DC and, and all this stuff. And that was just awesome. And, and it was exhausting at the same time, yeah. but just so awesome. I had this purpose and really the fuel was the people that showed up, man. I'm just like pouring my heart out, giving everything I can of the lessons that I had learned from my time in, in order for them to, we say building better Americans. That's what we were doing. And I just want them to experience a day in the life of my boots. And it took away all my kind of prejudice against whatever it was. You didn't serve, or you didn't serve well enough, or you didn't, you know, you didn't, you didn't go to Iraq when I was there. Or my time was harder, or whatever it is. These things that go through our head that have, have no productive value for ourselves or for others. And I just found a bunch of good people that want to whoop it on. And at that point, I was like, okay, now I believe in GoRuck because of these people. What you find when you serve other people is you can. The more you serve, you get greater returns that encourage you to serve even more. In which case, then you're on a really positive loop in life. And that was really rewarding. And that's the loop that we're on. And it's a really awesome loop to be on.
1: I fucking love that. I how
0: about, how about that driving around the country? Yeah, no, Remind no. you no, of anything?
1: It's, no, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is
2: Jason, you know, when Jason and I met, we shared- sure, Sal rode all over
1: the country. And what the fuck was that thing? Nissan
2: Maxima, man. 2010 <laughs> yeah. Nissan Maxima. But I mean, to your point, they're going to ship me goods. I'm going to sell so much shit week oh, yeah. one. Yeah. You know? bro, it's I'm going to be a- in Manhattan, Kansas. Just send the pallet now. Yeah, yep. It's the same fucking, <laughs> fucking sound.
1: Identical. It's the same fucking Jackson. story.
2: It literally It's and literally the same time. I'm sitting here laughing yeah. because like, we're, we're literally crossing <laughs> truck stops. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I'm getting my fucking ass beat. You're getting your fucking ass beat. beat. And, I, and I think, well, man, like, you know, well, you know, you know how it is. You, you tell yourself the stories. Well, the next call, the next call, the next call. But I, I want to highlight something because we share this with our people all the time. Like, if you want them to care about you, you have to care about them first. And I think when you start to find that real true service leadership, that servant leadership about the world is you have to give in order to receive. And I think that's where, where I went wrong or we went wrong, where you were going wrong is you were expecting everybody to buy the bag before you, when you pivoted, then you said, listen, I'm just going to go give these people what I got. Well, And it's amazing what they'll give back.
1: Don't you think that comes though? That, so, so I agree with you on that. I think that comes though from all the work that you put in, just to get to that point, right? Like it's all necessary. Yeah, bro. Like he's put in fucking five years of work to sell zero bags. So like, eventually you get to a point where like, dude, when you were riding around the country riding around, you know, fuck, we were 10 years into our business. You know what I'm saying? So like people, you know, it's, it's natural to think like, Hey dude, like look at all this cool shit I did. And then have nobody care. It's like a total kick in the balls, bro. You're like, fuck. But I, And that's where most people will stop. Most people will stop there. And they I, will not do what you did. They will not do the, the I, I'm going to make this work no matter what I got to do. And they will not do, you know, the get out, press flesh, for lack of better terms, meet people, shake hands, do the work with them. And dude, I, I think that's the key. I think that's the key to our business as well. I think I think our people and everybody that's involved, they work hard and they do things and other, and it helps people progress. And dude, I just love, I, I fucking love the fact that it was so hard to get to, like, I know you probably don't love it as much, but you do now, right? But like, I love that it, it, you went through all these phases and all of a sudden it's like, fuck this, I'm going out and I'm meeting people. And then it became this thing, you know? It wouldn't
0: exist if that, I, I did no. not want to, I did not want to run a backpack company. Yeah, I, my heart was not in it. And it's so awesome. th- it, it was better because of the adversity. Yeah. Well,
2: I, I, I want to highlight two things. One, I mean, personally, I only support one other fitness brand and it's Jason's. Yeah. And uh, because I understand his story and know it, you know what I mean? I believe in what he's doing. I know what he's been through. I believe in the company. I'm, I'm a buyer of the product. Like I, I, I love the mission.
1: Yeah. You're an actual customer of theirs.
2: Yeah. Without question. Right. And I, and it wasn't, uh, you know, it, it was started over a beer, built into an understanding. Then I'm buying bags for all the guys and going through the whole process. Then I'm ta- you know, it's, it's, I believe. And I think that's an important piece that you create the belief. But two, you go back to the communication piece, you know, where you, you learn to have the tough communicate, the hard communication, you get a little better at it. And I think where the pivot happened, at least for me, is like, I, I was so tired of just being rejected. Like I have to pivot something here. Like I have to like keep going back in, but I wasn't gonna quit, you know? And I think that I learned a lot about myself, you know, Chewing 22 cans of tobacco on the road, and, you know, it's 27 spitters <laughs> in the floorboard. But you, what you learn is to continue to have a different conversation, but never quit to show back up to have the conversation. And through that, you create that community. And my first, you know, my first bond was actually a Green Beret in of all, all things uh, in- uh, uh, Colorado. No, no, in, well, Travis, yeah, Travis Wilson. Yeah. That's kind of funny, actually.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but two of them, but D- Dwayne Clifford and and Travis Wilson, but. It was, all right, man, I got to talk about something else. Like, these guys don't give a shit about my protein powder. How about them as humans? Like, I'll just start talking about them. Then they became their friends, you know, and then becoming mm-hmm. their friends, you became, you know, and then it was almost like they, they bought from you out of, I don't know, pity. I didn't Bro, we a wouldn't even time. fucking be here for one for those two dudes. <laughs> no, I give it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Steve Calabrese, like, there's, yeah. a, there's a few people. Steve's another one. That were just these people that, you know, you create through just being and having good, strong conversations outside of anything else. We were talking about business, just life it it reinvigorated and kept me moving but then it was a sale and then it was a friend and then it was a referral sale and it was one of those things where that strengthened communication back to it is like you have to learn that no might not be the forever no it might just be no temporary you know and keep showing back up and you never know how that that conversation pivot will happen or really will change your life but you have to continue to show back up and compete dude i i
1: just hearing Jason tell his story. Just I like everything that you say. I'm
0: just over here like fuck
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like dude, it's just, it's very parallel to what we had to go through.
0: I mean, very. the other part is we use the word hard, right? And, and hard means a lot of things, but ultimately it's about what's hard for you. I mean, you look at you know physical hard is not as challenging for me as say you know the 50 miler, the whatever, the you know like whatever 125 pounds for whatever, like. That's hard, but for me, it's not as hard as the, the feeling of utter kind of failure and rejection at, okay, so I accidentally kind of quit the army. That sucks. Bad decision. Failure. Teams back to war. Failure, right? Marriage, crash and burn. Failure, right? Friends got awesome jobs now, at least perception-wise. Doing really well. Really perfect, perfect lives. Totally happy because you start, of course. To, you start, yeah. you start being this are. narrative. Right. Right. And it's like, <laughs> and I can't even sell one damn backpack. Not one. Not one. Right. I can't, I can't, I can't do anything right. And, and like you get on that struggle bus and you start believing your own negative self-talk for too long. It, it goes real bad. And those kinds of emotional hard, they're hard, man. They, they're, that you is my definition of hard. Do those still happen to you? Yes.
2: Yeah, that's 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 a. I think that's a big misconception that people think that you go through it only in the beginning stages, but I think there's staircases to that. Well, it's important, you know? No, I
1: think it's super, I'm not shaking my head because I disagree, I'm shaking my head because people would think anything else. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I had, well, bro, this shit's fucking hard, it's hard for me, like I have fucking mental breakdown once fucking every month, bro, like thinking like, holy fuck, like there's this, there's that, there's this, 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 this. like it's You know, and then you get like, like you're saying, bro, like if you start comparing, you're like, well, you know, all my other entrepreneur buddies aren't having mental (laughs)
2: breakdowns. Right? (laughs) Can't be because they haven't posted it on social media. No, that's that's real. I mean, and I say this from a place because like you become, you become stronger or tougher or more calloused or whatever it is, but you're not immune. And I think that's an important piece to understand as an entrepreneur. I mean, Jason asked me to speak last year at his Go Ruck Games uh, or uh, in April, right? Yeah, And I didn't go and, and I had to call him and tell him like, dude, I, I mentally couldn't go. Like I wasn't in a good place and I had to call him and like, check that down friend to friend. I had to say like, and it's, you know, I don't, I didn't tell anybody else in the whole world except you I'm saying it now because it's like, I had to come to the realization. Like I was not mentally in a place to be able to do it. Yeah. And you know, you, you, and it's not 2022, we had the best business year we've ever had in our whole lives. 20. 21, best business year we'd ever had. There's no reason for me in April of or was April? Yeah. April-ish to be like in this mental place. But dude, I felt like I wasn't enough. I don't know what the fuck was going on. But that phase of life, it was smacking me in the face. You know, and you have to be able to, I think, recognize it, understand it, but it is normal. You're not, it's not a one-time thing. It's a it's a continual process that you have to go through of rejection and failure. But then figuring out how to get through those moments so you can succeed. It's not. I mean, this isn't
0: I even mean, Mother Teresa had doubts about God. I mean, th- this is well documented. I mean, everybody—if Mother Teresa can have, you know, question her faith, like, eh, w- let's give ourselves the permission to understand that that's going to happen to all of us. Yeah. And the more that we go through something, and this is where you need support structures. I knew how, how hard that call was for you yeah. to make, by the way. But you, you need kind of support structures around you. You need to kind of have those things in place because you do actually need other people in your lives. You need your your good relationships with your kids or your wives or, you know, they all kind of ebb and flow a little bit just by the nature of life. But, you know, it's a dangerous path when you get in a bad place and you start getting in your own head and you stay in your own head mm-hmm. and just your own head. And, and I've been there, man. And it is just I've got a couple things where I'm like, OK, feel this is a problem. I need to kind of you know not push on the gas right now and that's kind of what you were saying last year and like it's like that has come because i have been through so many times of adversity in my life which has not been perfect by any stretch even though it's been rewarding and meaningful for sure but let, those are separate things yeah and i've learned like this this version of hard this is gonna this is gonna take its toll on me and so this is what i need and sometimes just little stuff like hey, man, I need to take a deep breath outside and go somewhere for like two hours or two days or whatever, not usually two days, but two hours maybe. And I need to. I need, I need a, like two weeks. Yeah, but still. <laughs> you know, something's got to give because if I go, you know, when you're in anger, you should like two things you should not do is act or speak, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Or you feel whatever. If you're not in a good place, you should not do those things. So, you know, take a walk around the block or ruck around the block or do something. It's crazy what a fucking walk will do for you. That was a good plug there, by the way. Yeah, Well, it's yeah, well documented. It what a good, <laughs> smooth. Yeah. What a good walk will do for you. Yeah, it. I and mean, it's even better if you ruck it. Yeah, it's always better. Yeah. Always better. Yeah. Because
1: rucking is better than walking. It's superior.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely 75 harder. Listen, it's yeah. definitely 75 <laughs> you, harder. You got
1: to be careful. <laughs> well, I know this. Jail, troll your ass <laughs> I know, on I, I
0: understand this, because
1: I get tagged in it daily.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: the thing dude, is dude is, at I, first, I thought you an, were fucking- Listen, Andrew uh, called me. He's like, hey, this was like, me." At first, I'm like, hey, man, are we cool with Jason? Like, like ever <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's and I, great. And I
2: could tell he was, like, inherently kind of pissed a little bit. And I'm like, no, 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 Jay is, he's one of us. Like, yeah. he's fucking good, man. <laughs> i like, well, to well, explain this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Bro, once I fucking got it, I'm like, no,
2: f- this is fucking, uh, like. Well, if I go for a run, he should be like, oh, you should have gone for a ruck. Yeah, I'm like, motherfucker, I was running. <laughs> no, you should have been a it,
1: it was so funny because when you first started tagging me, I'm like, is he talking shit <laughs> or is like a little bit? That's yes. my love yeah. language. Yeah, I was like, but, but dude, well, I kind of liked it. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, all right. And you know what? Guess what I'm going to do for the next 75 days. I'm gonna fucking rock it. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. I mean, it was the people in, oh, I love in your community that were doing your 75 yeah, hard challenge great. that just like had embraced yeah. it to, to take it up yeah. a notch. And I think it's, I think it's great. And you know I, for me rucking you can just kind of build it into your life so if you're already going to walk you can ruck. this doesn't have to be so kind of sliced and diced and you don't have to drive to the gym an hour to do this No, i love it dude you know just bake it in man i
2: will tell you because this is something you know i adopted in 2020 right so i guess that's a late adopter but
0: i never No, we're still early man yeah we're still i hope
2: i hope and i hope we're, we're part of that but i i look at you know, I never was a walker. Like, I never walked. It wasn't, uh, like, in my head, I'm like, who the fuck walks? Like, you don't really work out walk. But at the oh, time- people
0: with canes at the mall. Well, you know? and then, but then I like started- that, that was my perception growing up. Like, that is lame. I remember my grandparents taking me to the mall in Dayton, Ohio with people that are walking. Like, they're like, oh, they're just here to walk? And then the Simpsons did a whole spoof on that. And yeah. I'm like, I had the same perception.
2: But in, 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 in that 2020 time frame, like, right before everything kind of went bonkers- I found, you know, I found myself rucking. And then it was like, you know, to get outside from all the madness and all the noise, rucking became not like something, it was like, this is what I was doing. You know, I was rucking in the, in the fields or I was rucking up the hill. You still do that. I still do it. I yeah. mean, in my farm, it's my choice of exercise. It's a really cool gym at my farm. It's like badass. And I choose to ruck out there because it's like the peacefulness of being out in the woods. And, you know, when you're trekking through the leaves or through the woods and hearing it and being, at, you know, one with nature is my hippiness. But it's one of those things where I found so much peace in rucking because I was by myself. You know, and then mm-hmm. on the flip side, then I decided to ruck a marathon for my fortieth birthday. We found like twenty five guys and we all went. You know, so like you we could you can ruck with a team and have an unbelievable time. You can ruck by yourself and have an unbelievable time. And it's amazing what adding 45 pounds to your back will do to a forty five minute walk. It's a fucking hell of a lot harder.
1: What the fuck did I do wrong then? Because that shit was not fucking great to me. That was a terrifying
2: experience. What's up? <laughs> Do I need to go by myself next time? I was no. dying. What the DJ fuck? You talking about? Like I'm traumatized. <laughs> you know what's? You know what's funny though is like, you know, with just adding forty five pounds to your walk, I, I don't know. You probably have some calculation where it's two and a half times the value or mm-hmm. caloric burn to the sense. But I will tell you, man, like some of the. I mean, I just rucked during my seventy five hard. It's all I did. Yeah. I mean, I rucked the entire time. It was one of those things where I wanted to see how much progress I could make by simply really just walking. Yeah, And it's one of the best shape I've ever been in my entire life. I just rucked, I just, you know, I found peace. It was cold, it was hot. I went through, you know, Christmas and Thanksgiving and Halloween, I did it all, all rucking. And I had a fabulous experience. I actually look forward to going outside, putting my shit on and going for a ruck. But the caloric burn by carrying that 45 extra pounds, plus the core strength of being able to hold it up, like it's a hell of a workout.
1: Oh yeah. Well, plus (laughs) we were talking in the locker room, dude. It's you know the the because i used to do the weight vest and then we went to intervals and now i'm going back to the ruck but like jason was explaining to me in the in the weight room you know the the ruck will also help with your posture which we all need and i could tell right away when i put the thing on i'm like
2: you know straightened out Straighten out, load core you know what i mean it helps your core stay engaged while you're rucking you know know,
1: i I use will grump that's no. where I fucked up, at. man.
0: Honestly, for anyone listening, forty five is a lot to start with. Yeah, if you're if you're new to it, or you know, we went for what an hour, something. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's point being, that's a lot to start with. You can just start with a little bit less weight, man. Yeah, I just couldn't. But like, I could. But that's the thing, though. Well, like, also, bro, I couldn't like, like be a pussy and like. I mean, I got the fucking
1: founder oh, of the company hey, here. I'm like, I got Andy as my no fucking boss. Me. So like, uh, <laughs> shit was hard for me too. 10 minutes in Jason like, be trolling you here in a minute. He'll tell you, shit. oh,
2: you don't need 45 pounds. You'd be 20 minutes in the walk. He's like, but bitch, you only got 25 pounds. And if you've ever if you've gone with Jason, he's got really long legs, so his stride Dude, is like way off man. Yeah. I think What's it's important.
1: R- real talk, I think it's important for people to hear you guys and us, you know, me and talk about that that doubt and that frustration and those feelings. Because like people do assume. That once you get to a certain point, everything's cool, right? I, and I, I had a, one of the cool things about going to Mexico this last week was where I went, there were a lot of older people who were very successful, who had exited their businesses. And, you know, I was talking to them and talking to, you know, why did you guys exit? What did you do? How was it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? And dude, talking to all these guys, like it was all the same shit. It was all like, fuck, man, like, you know, I put in 40 years to this and it, it was it was mental mentally a burden for me for that entire time and you know i think it's important for everybody to understand that that's kind of the cost of playing the game like that's that's the ticket that you're buying when you choose entrepreneurship you are buying a ticket for perpetual uncertainty at all times and uh a lot of the times you're surprised by great things great things happen i mean how many great
0: relationships have you formed over the last decade of doing these events that you that's do. the most rewarding part yeah because you know i'm i'm not good at celebrating the highs uh, you know it's, yeah, it's a, we're it's not a, either it's a it's a constant state of problem triage it, that's if if it's coming to you you're either creating something new because there's some bigger problem or someone's bringing you a problem that's that's usually been the case since forever and that's just your life yeah and so you get good at solving problems but you know it's, it comes at a cost. It never, it never, it never
1: feel like you, like it's hard to explain, uh, you know, cause we have a lot of young entrepreneurs that listen to the show. It's hard to explain to a young entrepreneur that the uncertainty that you feel now <laughs> doesn't go away. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But what will happen is you will become more skilled at dealing with the uncertainty. So it doesn't stress you quite as bad. But because you're traumatizing yourself by like going through this process early, when these do, when these problems do occur, there is like a trauma response of stress automatically. You're like, oh, fuck. And then you're like, oh, wait, we already dealt with that. We can fix that. Bet. And then it, it like calms down quicker. But it never goes away, dude. It really doesn't. Like I, I all the people I talk to, you know, Ed, uh, Ed Milet, who's one of my best friends in the entire world. He's who I talk to when I'm really fucked up and one of the things that he talks about that's that is so true is writing that line he calls it blissful dissatisfaction it's where it's where you you are dissatisfied with where you are but you're also grateful for where you are and i think when you're in that proper balance things are much more manageable you know you don't go quite as dark you naturally you and i and sal and you know these guys here we don't we, we're not the like like we talked about earlier, winning and high performance, that's the fucking standard, dude. So like how do you celebrate when you do what you've expected yourself to do anyway? There's no celebration to be had. You get to stay on the team. Yeah, right? that's so it. that's what you get. Yeah, you get to continue to the play fight. the game. <laughs> like, and that's 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 a misconception. You know, people think that like when you built a great company like you have, right? Like that people, you know, it's this big celebration all the time. And it's like, no, dude, the reason we built a company the reason you built a company is because you you. The excellence is the fucking expectation.
0: So w- as you describe GORUCK as a great company, it's it, I, I always I cringe just a little bit, you know, because I just that's not my my Jason, vision of it. Jason, and I see it, you it, do it, the it, same it, thing when it, someone's
1: it, like, "Oh, congratulations, you conquered but the I'm world." I'm telling you, it's a great company. Like from the outside, you need to hear that shit. Like it's important that you hear it. Because nobody ever fucking tells us when we're doing right, dude. We only hear the shit when it's bad. True or not true? Very true. Yeah. True. So like, dude, you're doing a fucking great thing and you're improving people's lives. You're making a big fucking difference for people. There's there's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who have gone through your events whose their lives have changed. And they're they're going to be able to look back and say, Dude, life's hard right now, but remember when I did that fucking 16-hour event with Jason McCarthy? I got through that. I can get through this. And, like, dude, that's noble shit, bro. And, like, you need to, like, because, cause like, dude, I have to be reminded of it, too. But I'm just telling you, man, like, it's, from my perspective, I admire the fuck out of it. I yeah. think it's amazing shit.
2: American-made bags, yeah. you know, soldier, servant leadership, yeah. serve for the country. But, I mean, I, you know, going back to it, you know, nothing good comes through your door, right? That's the role you signed up for. I tell people all the time, you give your whole life to, you know, like you're, you know, it, just, it just goes back to like, I look at my dot and I have this, this kid that applied this is real, this is real talk. I'm so you proud of Steve. Yeah. I'm talk, so proud of Steve here. You know, he was, it's <laughs> dude was flipping pizzas at little Caesars when we found him. True. Really? Or not true. Yeah. True. The dude was, he was a little graphic designer Webster filled out internship form, came down little from little Caesars to gold medal of jujitsu you know, to you a know, huge piece of the Real AF podcast. Like, I get to walk in. He's no, like, he's not
1: a huge piece. He fucking runs it.
2: He's the first person I see every single day. You know, my family, we loaded up this weekend to go watch him, you know, roll yeah. around with other dudes, which he's, come. you know, obviously complacent with. You're pretty good at it. <laughs> Tell you and your boyfriend are really good at it. But the thing being is, like, that's what I show up for. Yeah. You know, we got the Wills and the errands and, and all of you guys. Like, I'll take those shit sandwiches every fucking day as long as I get to see you guys win. And that's the thing. Like, that's what you sign up for. And that's why, you know, you receive a compliment. It's so hard because you're kind of
1: like, yeah, oh. I know why and, it makes you cringe. Yeah, it bro. makes you cringe. And you're yeah. right. I feel the same way, dude, because the job's never finished. It's never. Fi- like, and you see all the holes. Like, yeah. When I look at what we got here, every dude, every single guest comes in here and they say the same exact thing. They say, holy fuck. Like this plate, like I've seen p- bits and pieces of this online. Does it? No justice. They say they all uh, verbatim. Do they not? Almost the exact same thing. Okay, every time I hear it, bro,
0: I'm like, I didn't say it because I knew it makes you cringe because I'm like, I watch it. I'm like, dude, he's cringing right now. Yeah, because, dude, all I see is how we could get better. And all I see is
1: where we're missing the mark. And that's what makes a good operator, I think, effective in business sense, because that's your job. Our job is to look for the holes, it's to fix the shit that you're fucking up. And like you said about about your life, it's the same with a company bro. we're not fucking perfect you guys aren't perfect it's like being an orchestra uh conductor and you know you're trying to get everybody to play the tune but there's it's never perfect and never it, you never one time get it right and and um i guess it is a nice compliment when people think that it's perfect right or they look at it and think that but I mean, bro, I get what you're saying, dude. Because like all the audience, our, the
2: audience thinks it's magical. Yeah, yeah they well, the conductor hears the saxophone or whatever the hell it yeah, is. Yeah, here play one tune. You, you
1: know? know, and that's 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 a whole that's a whole another set of. They problems. Then you take them out back
2: and beat the fuck. Well, out of no, them. I mean, <laughs> uh,
1: there, there's a whole there's a whole so, set a of problems episode, because episode. when you when you run a an effective company that people love and they appreciate and they feel like they're a part of, and you know. A lot of times people don't realize how hard that is to produce. It's like going into uh, the nicest steakhouse in the world, bro. And you get the perfect service with the perfect steak and the perfect experience. And then you go in the kitchen and you see all these people working their asses off. Right. A lot of people don't realize that that's a major part of every single company. Right. That's the part
0: I love. I love. I love. I'd rather hang out with people in the kitchen. Me too. Like the ones doing the work. Me too, bro. I love it. I agree. Well, bro, it's been awesome to have you on the show, man. I hope you come on again. I'd love to. It's 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 great to see you guys. And uh, you know, just really congratulations on all of your success here guys. It's 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 wonderful now to see. Are you going cringe? I already touch to know you. <laughs> Motherfucker. Troll them out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck <man>. Troll troll. <laughs> I know.
2: I troll troll fucking love him. it. I, it's too bad I wanted to get I wanted to get his take on the China balloons. He is like, he is a war child. So I, between Whoa, Ukraine and dude, China, we could have we got, got all political. We could have our old whole nother two hours on oh, China yeah. and Ukraine here.
1: Yeah. yeah. Bro, seriously, uh, though, man, it. it's like real talk. For him. I am really proud of you. <laughs> 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 no, dude, for real. Um, dude, I really appreciate you making the time to come up here. I know you're a busy guy. and You have a lot of shit going on. If you guys are unfamiliar with GORUCK, um Check out their events. Check out what they do. How many events are you guys doing in a year right now?
0: We've put on about ten thousand events since twenty ten. Um, we also That's have amazing. like five hundred local ruck clubs, community led, in cities all over the country, and we put on you know hundreds of events. Probably five hundred now. COVID COVID took a little beat, so people need to. Took a little hit on the numbers of events, but we're still at 500 or so. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. It's
2: amazing. It's yeah. More than one a day. Can, can, you, can you unpack how that works? So you, there's a GoRuck community. You can go ruck on the weekends.
0: You can sign up for a... Yeah. I mean, look, here's the thing. I mean, this makes me a terrible businessman, but ultimately you can buy a rucksack. You can fill it with, or, or you can use whatever one you have. Like how, do, how to get involved. It's like pay the fee, right? You know, share the thing. It's free. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's the thing with GoRuck. Like, I care about the way of life that exists in America and I want to help us grow that so that we are more American than, you know, than we are, you know, it's like winning is the standard. Let's be more American. Right. Um, and so it's like the way that you can participate is to do hard things, put some weight on your back, go for a walk. You know, for us, it's rucking. You can, if you want to do it, even one up, get a buddy. Go out and you know, have your quote therapy session with your buddy, talk about your lives or whatever, right? We need this in our lives. Go, go pay that for it. Invite your neighbors to go do something. Right. Maybe it's a driveway workout. Maybe it's, maybe it's have them over for dinner and talk to them, right? Maybe you do that with somebody else, right? But but we need to get back to strengthening the, the, the communities where we are. And we like to do that through physical fitness, with with you know, carrying weight and stuff. So that's how you can really get involved. We, we build the best shit in the world. We've got a whole website full of it. It's great. But the, the thing that really matters to me is get out and get, get active and do and it with each other.
1: Yeah, guys, check out their website too because they do a lot besides just rucksacks now. Like This is a full-blown, uh, performance, high-quality, best shit possible uh, apparel company. So check out what they're doing. Um, I'm doing 75 hard. Today is day one. You guys will hear this on day two. You should jump in and you should rock because I'm going to rock the whole time. So, bro, really appreciate you coming up. Thanks, guys. Yeah. All right, guys. That's the show. Uh, Thanks for listening. Please pay the fee. Yeah. Went from sleeping on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck up bow. Fuck a stove. Counted millions in a cold. Bad bitch. Booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold. Doesn't know. shot. Case closed. Close.